This is Coochie's Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, and on TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner. And now on the Anchor Podcasting Network at anchor.fm and the Anchor app. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Bobby here at the Crew Chief's Corner Podcast coming to you guys with our... I guess Darlington race recap, we'll go over uh, North Wilkesboro. We'll preview the NASCAR all-star race, which is going to come up on Sunday. We will go over that. We will also uh, talk about, I guess we'll talk about last night's races at North Wilkesboro as well. Kind of give you guys a little feel for um, a place we haven't been to since 1996 as a sport. And obviously that was a long time ago. I mean, I was kind of loud, I think eight. Uh, the last time they were there. Um, so I don't really remember a whole lot about North Wilkesboro, but it's uh, really cool that we're going to get that track back, at least for this year's All-Star Race. And I'm assuming we're going to see it next year. I don't know if it's going to be the All-Star Race or my fingers are crossed that we're going to get a um, a points race possibly out of this. So that's what I'm hoping um, we get the points race. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, no list of this episode. Um, we... Had a lot of audio issues last time. Um, I think they were kind of related to the fact that her and I were doing it in the exact same room. Um, we did try half the episode with us sitting next to each other, and then we tried doing the other half of the episode across from each other, and it just – sitting across from each other works better. I think what we got to do is we physically got to be in separate rooms to do it. So um, we'll have to figure that part of it out um, just because it's more her mic more than mine. I think my mic is okay. Um, I just think hers because it's a it's a headset versus versus um, you know the microphone that I have. Um, hers picks up everything I say plus what she says, so it's, it sounds like it's double recording. Um, and I don't know much else that I could really do to fix that other than put her in a totally separate room than me. So, no list of this episode. We're gonna try to play with it, um, maybe over the All Star weekend uh, we'll try to mess with it and try to get it figured out or we try to do it um a little bit differently maybe you know we do it at our at our house instead of doing it at my parents house or something like that um where we could be in two separate rooms and and record it i don't i just don't know what else we could really do so so i apologies to those of you that were listening um to hope to get Alyssa's uh, point of view on things it's just Unfortunately, like I said, this episode, we're just not going to be able to do it. Um, you know, she she actually, you know, is not here even right now. She's she's at her job. I'm on one of my days off. So scheduling wise, it was going to be a little tough, too. So um, we'll get started here pretty soon on the podcast. Um, you know, I guess we'll get rolling. We'll talk about the races at Darlington. We have a lot to talk about with that. We have a pretty exciting Xfinity race to go over. I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch a truck race, but I know who won the truck race, so we'll go over that. And then we had the cup race on on Sunday, which was pretty exciting. So we got a lot of fun things to talk about um, this episode, and I can't wait to get into it. So what we'll do is we'll take a quick break here on the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. On the other side, we will break down the Darlington Raceway, the Goodyear 400. We'll break down the Xfinity Race, which is uh, the Shriners Hospital for Children's. Uh, 200, and then we'll break down the Click It, Don't Risk It 200 Truck Series race that happened as well, all at the Darlington Raceway in Darlington, South Carolina. 
This is the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. What's up, everybody? This is Bobby Bailey here at the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. I want to share with you guys a great deal that I have for you. You guys know I collect a lot of die casts and a lot of NASCAR apparel. So where do I go to get all my stuff? Well, I deal with my friends Brent and LaDonna over at CircleBDieCast.com. They have all the latest race win die casts. They even have this past race uh, weekend's race win on the website right now. So go check it out. Crew Chiefs Corner has a discount code for all of our listeners. If you go in the promo code box, so let's say you order this past weekend's race win die cast, you use Crew Chiefs Corner, all one word. You get $5 off all U.S. Continental orders over $30 or more. It's a great deal. Even today, 5 bucks off shipping. I mean, shipping's gone through the roof. So go check out my friends Brent and LaDonna over at CircleBDieCast.com. Use my promo code Coochie's Corner. You get 5 bucks off your shipping order. All U.S. orders over 30 bucks. You get $5 off your shipping cost. So go check them out. Let them know we sent you. Order away your favorite race win diecast, and it doesn't have to be race win diecast. It could be whatever diecast you want. They have stuff in stock from probably last year and years past. They have all the stuff on pre-order for this current season as well. So go check it out. CircleBDieCast.com. Let them know I sent you. All right, everyone, we are back here on the Coochie's Corner Podcast. This is Bobby Bailey. We are now going to go over Darlington Raceway, and what an exciting race weekend it was. Throwback weekend, I think this is like year six or seven now. I forget how many years it's been since we've uh, done this uh, throwback theme. Um, It's at least six years, I would say, if I had to remember correctly. I think it's six. Um. You know, I know a lot of people have feelings about why it's not, you know, the Southern 500 weekend, because that's initially how this this whole thing kind of came to be. Um, I think that was really done by, I would say, team slash sponsor request was really the big reason, the big driver behind it. Because, um, you know, these teams spend, I mean, the sponsors spend a lot of money to put their products in front of the fans and stuff like that. And to change their colors and their cars for the playoff weekend, which is supposed to be a, an exciting time of the year. And it's, uh, you know, the races are on NBC and, and, you know, big network TV. Um, it is kind of a disappointment that you have to put that right in the middle of the playoffs when you're trying to maybe, you know, do some kind of fall branding or something like that. These team, these sponsors are looking for, you know, to run their, their programs and, um, you know, to have that, that throwback weekend in the, in the beginning of the playoffs is kind of a little inconvenient for some, for some of the sponsors. I shouldn't say all the sponsors feel that way. I think there's select few that really feel like they need to have um, their traditional paint schemes on, on, you know, during the playoffs. So, um, you know, feel about that what you may um you know it's it's nice that we have throwback weekend it's it's the spring race okay it's maybe not everyone's favorite time to do it but it's it's different um you know a lot of teams participated this year i feel like um there's pretty good representation up and down the field as far as throwbacks go the xfinity race holy jesus i think it was the kevin harvick uh, 200 someone must have um (laughs) You know, somebody must have done something because I felt like there are six or there's at least six, I want to say, Kevin Harvick schemes. You know, I know uh, Sheldon Creed had one. Um, 
Austin Hill had another. I want to say Josh Williams had one. There was one by Bailey Curry, I think, in the four. Or Garrett Smith. I forget who drove the four this weekend. It might have been Garrett Smithley. The four car had one. Um, I know the two, the 21 had one. Uh, the 92. And then there was two other schemes. I'm trying to remember who had them. There's two other Harvard cars. There was at least four or five of them in the race. And I was like, geez, I mean, Kevin Harvard's got paint schemes galore going on down here. Um, and some of them were kind of weird. Like the one that was on the four car was like a Bush camo car throwback. And it was like maybe four years old, maybe four years old. Um, the RCR ones I thought were pretty well done. The Sheldon Creed had the, the AC Delco scheme, but didn't have the AC Delco or yeah, they did have the the old school, like the 2001 champion um, scheme for Harvick. They had that, and I think they had his 06 Coast Guard scheme. So they had his two champion cars, which was which was a nice touch. I mean, I thought they did a pretty good job over at RCR with honoring Kevin with those two Xfinity schemes on cars that he won championships with, with the right numbers. At least they did the right numbers. They had the right colors. Um, probably one of the better executed paint schemes of the weekend um like i said that the one on the four car was very interesting it was a random camo car that they picked out uh josh williams they picked one out i remember now one of the other schemes josh williams uh picked out a i think it was a mike and ike mike and ike scheme that they ran at mexico city i want to say 2005 um was one of the schemes that he ran and then blaine perkins had a pretty cool one Blaine had the 0-2. Um, they stylized it like the, the 21 would have been. And it was actually a payday-sponsored scheme. Payday Bar came on and sponsored Blaine Perkins for the race. And they had the 0-2 looking just like Kevin Harvick's 21 car did. And I want to say that was 0-3-0-4, somewhere in that, in that range. Um, when when Harvick had the... Um, when Harvick had that sponsorship, I want to say it was sometime in that in that range. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, it was somewhere in that range. He had that sponsorship, if I remember correctly. So that was kind of cool. And um, I'm trying. The other scheme is slipping my mind. The other one's slipping my mind. There was, like I said, there was like five schemes, so it was kind of cool. But I digress. Um, so we'll start with the truck race. Like I said, I didn't really watch a lot of it. Um, Christian Eckes goes out and wins, uh, picks up his second win of the 2023 season. He previously won at Atlanta, so a big win for Christian Eckes. And the McAnally, uh, Hingeman, I think it's Hingeman, or Hingleman Racing, MHR, uh, big win for those guys. Their second career win as a team. So, you know, Christian Eckes is, um, you know, his stock is rising. I mean, he's a... You know, we knew Christian was a pretty good talent when he was over at KBM. He was, you know, in the Toyota camp, and then he got sh shuffled over to Thor Sport uh, up until this past season. And you know, this year he's he's out of the, the TRD camp. He's now over at Chevy. And um, you know, I would say that the 19 team was not a team that, if you said to me Christian Eckes is going to leave Thor Sport and go to another program, I would not have put. MHR on the, on the list. I, I would have thought he would have gotten a shot at a, you know, a GMS. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of other teams out there that I would have thought that Christian would have went to first, then going right to MHR. But 
you know, you look at it and he's really in good equipment. I mean, he's in GMS built stuff. So that 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 team is pretty good um as far as equipment goes. Um, I know they've had, you know, Derek Krause in that car. And Derek is, you know, we talked about it a little bit a couple episodes ago. I mean, I think Derek is more suited for that Xfinity ride, whereas Christian Eckes is more suited for the truck series right now. And I think Eckes eventually will get to Xfinity, whether it's you know, next year or two years from now, whatever. I think Christian Eckes is going to get to Xfinity. But just right now, I think he's, you know, he's trying to piecemeal sponsorship together to, you know, right now he's probably got the most sponsorship he's had in a number of years, Um, you know, with having Napa behind him and some of the other sponsors that are going to be on that 19 car. Like, um, I think it was Adapt- Adaptive One is with Jake Garcia, but he had, um, I think it was Instacode or something was on that car this weekend. Uh, or last weekend. So he had some pretty cool, you know, he has some sponsorship behind him uh, and I get it. It's all McAnally sponsors. It's not, it's not directly Christian Eckes' sponsorship, but you know, say what you want. I mean, it's sponsorship. Nonetheless, it's, it's more support, financial support than what Christian has probably had. And, you know, he, he's running full time this year. He's not, he's not running a partial schedule. He's not worried about that. He's not splitting the ride. He didn't split the ride. I think last year at, at Thor sport either. He had a full-time seat there. And I just think that, you know, he's in a better spot. I mean, Thor sports, a great team. We all know how good that program is. I mean, you, you know, they've won championships with both Ben Rhodes and Matt Crafton. And, you know, it seems like this year, this team is, you know, they went back to forward and they're kind of, you know, going through the ringer right now. And it looks like Ty Majeski might be a pretty good contender for this championship this year. And, you know, um, you know, Christian Eck is just, I, I just, I think he was always like the fourth or the fifth option at that program because you know how talented Ben Rhodes is. We all know how talented Matt Crafton is. And you look at Christian Eckes and you say, well, where's Christian in this mix? You know, because Ty Majeski comes over and, and, and you know, kind of worked his way into a full-time ride over there. You know, he started out part-time, kind of a little bit like how Christian started out. And then Christian was sharing that ride with, um, Grant Enfinger and then Grant went his separate way. So um, say what you want, you know, they've, they've had some really good trucks over there. So, um, you know, at, at GMS racing and, and, you know, like I said, Thor sports been pretty good, but you know, this year it seems like they're just not quite as good as they've been in years past. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the, the manufacturer switch. I think, you know, having the switch, you know, the, the, the front grill, the tailgates, you know, all that does is put you a little bit further behind the eight ball than, than not having to do all that work. You know what I'm saying? It, it just changes it a little bit and it makes it a little bit harder for the team, but you know, kudos to, to Christian Eckes two wins this season. Um, I think he, him and uh, Zane Smith are the only multi winners, uh, multi-time winners this year. Um, the other guys I think have all won once, you know, uh, Grant Enfinger has one win this year. Um, which was a couple weeks ago at Kansas. So, yeah, it's been an interesting year so far in the truck series. You know, Joey Logano has a win at Bristol Dirt. So it's been a little bit of an interesting season. Um, you know, we'll see kind of now that we're in this groove of, I think, five races in a row for the truck series. They're running this weekend at Wilkes- at North Wilkesboro. So, um, you know, that's going to kind of be a – I don't want to say it's a wild card race, but it's definitely going to be something to keep – to keep an eye on because, you know, you're going to have drivers that are coming down from the cup series, you know, and I know there's, I think there's five of them. So it's Bubba Wallace, William Byron, Kyle Larson, um, 
Christopher Bell, and I'm trying to think of the fifth driver who's doing it. I think the fifth guy slipped in my mind, but there's five of them that are doing it. And, you know, I just, you, you know, that they're going to, they're going to, in theory, they should be towards the top of the mix. Um, but, you know, so, I mean, I would say this Larson's going to be in a really good truck. So is William Byron. Those two are probably going to be the two that you're going to have to beat in order to win at North Wilkesboro. Bubba and and Christopher Bell are going to be in in two pretty interesting rides. The one truck this year has not lit the world on fire uh, from Tricon, um, but Tricon's been competitive. I mean, Corey Heim won a race this year already at, at Martinsville, albeit rain shortened, but Corey Corey Heim has been good. So you say what you want, but that one truck could be could be pretty good. The 61 that Christopher Bell is going to be in is a wild card. I, I don't know how good that team is going to be because they're not a full-time operation. The 61 is not. Christopher Bell hasn't been in a truck in a few, at least a year, if not longer. And, you know, the 16 truck has not lit the world on fire. And Scott Zipidelli is no longer there. So that's the bigger question to me is how competitive is, is the 61 truck really going to be for Christopher Bell? You know, I, I feel like Bubba would have a good truck underneath him. I feel like William Byron, uh, definitely KBM equipment is going to be good. And, I, and you know, I would like to assume that the 7 truck with the Spire program is going to be pretty competitive too. Um, you know, they've been decent, you know, but they all, they've also only run – um, a cup guy. I mean, they they run Corey Corey LaJoy in it, but Corey, I don't know what's up with Corey. Like Corey gets in the truck and he's not running that great. You know, he's running like 15th, 16th in trucks that won last year. You know, um, William Byron won at at Martinsville with these guys, and I just I don't know why they're. You know, Corey gets in there, he's not running as good. So I don't know what's up with that. You know, I don't know if Corey's just got to get used to the trucks. You know, as a guy who never really ran the truck series before, um, is he struggling with that? I don't know. So I think Martinsville's, I mean, um, listen to me, Martinsville. I think North Wilkesboro is going to be a little bit of a challenge, but I do think like William Byron's got some seat time in there, obviously from last night. So he should be pretty understanding of, of what the track's going to do with tire wear and stuff. I mean, I, I know the Hoosier tire and the Goodyear rubbers, going to be a little bit different but you know at least he knows where the tire wear is gonna gonna settle um I, i'm assuming they're going to be pretty close um tire wise and then you know you're going to have guys like larson who hasn't been on the track at all who's going to be using this as a practice to get ready for the all-star race on sunday um you know bubba wallace is in the same boat christopher bell will be in that same boat as well and then the the other driver that is slipping my mind that is doing it, we'll have to uh, figure it out too. And it was it was interesting because, and, and this will be the last point I'll make on the truck series, I saw someone make a comment on uh, Facebook in, in one of the groups I posted the entry list in, said something about, you know, the fact that there's, you know, cup drivers taking up seats from young drivers that would have had the opportunities. And I kind of did the, I, I, I did a laughing reaction to it because that's that's honestly how I feel about it. And, and, and this is what I'll say to that. You know, 
I understand the fan that's going to say, oh, the, you know, these cup guys are stealing opportunities from young drivers. Well, here's the thing. The cup drivers are coming in with sponsorship, okay? The cup guys, like, if you look at the seven team, Aspire Motorsports, that team is running part-time. They, they're not in the business of putting young drivers behind the wheel of race cars unless they have the do-re-mi to do it. If you remember last year, Raja Karuth got an opportunity to aspire to run those races, but Raja had sponsorship behind him. Corey LaJoy is running that seven truck this year with sponsorship behind him. You know, this was supposed to be Alex Bowman's race um, originally. Kyle Larson's driving the seven car, the seven truck instead because there's sponsorship behind this truck of Hendrick Motorsports. So Kyle Larson's going to get the opportunity to drive the seven truck and get an opportunity to get some seat time at North Wilkesboro before the all-star race. That's the reason why he's in that truck. William Byron's driving the truck race for Kyle Busch Motorsports for the same reason why Kyle, Kyle Larson is driving the truck for Spire Motorsports. He's got sponsorship, and Kyle Busch Motorsports needs someone to drive this truck at North Wilkesboro. Plain and simple. It's not rocket science. Shiggy Hattori is running a second truck that he is not running pretty much the rest of the year for Christopher Bell because Shiggy Hattori's race team has sponsorship for a select number of races to run the second truck. The reason why that second truck's not running full-time this year is because the driver of that truck is now at Kyle Busch Motorsports with that sponsorship that filled in the races that Shiggy Hattori didn't have sponsorship for for that second truck, which is why Christopher Bell is in the 61. So for all you guys out there that are saying, oh, they're taking young drivers' opportunities away, well, no, they're really not. They're driving car, I mean, they're driving vehicles that they brought sponsorship for that are supporting teams that otherwise would have had to have figured out another pay driver to put in that truck. So before you sit there and say that, oh, they're taking away a seat from a young driver, if said young driver had the sponsorship, they would have been in the truck too or would have been in the truck and not the cup driver. And also, it's a great opportunity for these teams to get a win to get themselves into the owner's championship, which is what a lot of these teams that are running these drivers are trying to do. You know, obviously, the 61, it doesn't matter. If they go out and win the race, it doesn't matter. They're not running the whole season. They're not running for the owner's championship. But if you're, you know, David Gilliland and Tri, you know, Tricon Garage, and you can get your one truck in the owner's championship by winning at North Wilkesboro with Bubba Wallace, you're one step closer to winning an owner's title. Now, I do think the one truck did miss a race, so I don't think they would be eligible for the owner's championship at this point because I do remember them skipping a race. I don't remember exactly which race they skipped, but they did end up skipping a race of what I recall. That's why the cup guys are in these cars. So say what you want. They're not taking seats away from young kids. It's, it, it always boils down to money, and when the Cup guys have the money to go run these races, they're going to go do it. Plain and simple. And it helps the teams out, too, because it helps them balance their balance sheet at the end of the season. Racing is expensive, in case you didn't know. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the Xfinity race breakdown, and I'll do the Cup race breakdown in a separate um, segment here because we're going to run out of time pretty quickly. So Saturday we had the Xfinity race. It was an absolute barn burner. Um, a lot of comers and goers. John Hunter Nemechek had a really good car. It felt like John Hunter was going to kind of run away with it for a while there. 
And then, uh, you know, Kyle Larson uh, came up. He had, I think he had fresh tires late in the going there, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he had a pretty good opportunity to uh, get up there and mix it up with um, with John Hunter Nemechek. And they had, if you haven't seen the last two laps of this race, you got to go on YouTube and find it. it. They were absolutely incredible last two laps. I wouldn't say it's on par with the uh, Ricky Craven, uh, Kurt Busch finish from 2003, but it was one of the better finishes we've seen at Darlington over the years. It almost rivals the Denny Hamlin, Ross Chastain finish from, I want to say 2020, maybe, maybe a little bit before that, but it was an epic finish uh, between Hamlin uh, and Chastain and, and this one between Larson and um, John Hunter Nemechek was almost as good, if not better. Um, you know, coming down to the to the checkered flag, you know, Larson bounces it off of the wall for makes a little bit of contact with John Hunter Nemechek, who loses control of the car, spins it down the into the inside front stretch uh, wall. Then he backs the car up and into the outside wall on the front stretch. Thankfully, he wasn't hit again, but he had front and rear damage done to that number 20 um, Pyle Baker uh, alarm services, Toyota Supra TRD. And uh, there was a lot of damage on that car. But a big win for Kyle Larson, his first career win at Darlington in anything. Uh, That includes the Trucks Cup and Xfinity. So his first Darlington win, a big win for that 10 team. That kind of locks them into the playoff, the owner's playoffs. And, um, you know, it it just sends a message that 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 colleague 10 car is for real this year. So colleague picks up the win. Um, I believe that's the second win that car has had this year, though. Um, if I remember correctly, um, who was it? Uh, AJ Allmendinger won in that car earlier this year at Coda. So that, that should be the second win for the for the uh, 10 car this year. So I, I, I want to correct myself and make sure I, I correct it. Um, but a big win for Colleague. Two wins on the year in that 10 car. And they have now reached victory lane as a team 22 times in their very short um, stint in the Xfinity series. And I believe AJ Allmendinger has 14 of those 22 wins. So Allmendinger has won a lot. We know that Justin Haley's, I think, in second with two or three wins. And then it's all one-time winners, you know, like Larson, Jeb Burton, Ross Chastain, and and a few others um, mixed in along the way. Kyle Larson's obviously mixed in that group now as well with the one win. So... Kudos to the colleague team on their second win with the 10 car this year. Um, like I said, you know, just an incredible race. Um, one of the better finishes you'll see all season long, as far as I'm concerned. That's a highlight reel finish um, for sure. Um, the other big thing that happened at Darlington, it, this is kind of going to kind of bleed into the Sunday race recap. We had the 75 greatest drivers in NASCAR history officially finished. So this week we had Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Matt Kenseth, and Jimmy Johnson all revealed as the final four drivers that are on the 75 greatest drivers of all time list. I know we started ours and I never finished it. We will finish it at some point, um, especially now that we know all 75 drivers, but I'm putting them in my own order and I might, might take a driver off the list because I feel like it. So 
I'm going to do mine. Um, we're going to do those those episodes. I, I'm probably not going to do them today, but we'll do them at some point and uh, have have a little bit of fun with that. I think it's going to be uh, kind of a blast to have uh, to have some fun with that and let the drivers kind of kind of have fun with it. Um, I don't really think there was anybody on the list that I really would say I disagree with. Um, you know, some people are going to say different things about Denny Hamlin. I know Alyssa felt pretty strongly about Hamlin not being on the list. She She's like, you know, I don't understand why he's on there. And I said, well, he's got 40-plus wins. I mean, you look at Matt Kenseth's stats, Matt's won 39 races. And the difference between Matt Kenseth and Denny Hamlin is Matt Kenseth has a championship. Um, Denny has more Daytona 500 wins than Matt does. Um and it's really, I think if you look at it, it is the championship factor of why Kenseth's on the list. And, you know, Denny's on the list too, despite not having one. So, um, you know, if you look at the 50 greatest drivers of all time, Mark Martin made that list when Mark was, you know, also championship list. So I do think NASCAR has, has the right drivers on there. Um, you know, there's some drivers even on there that you can make arguments like, why is this guy on the list? You know, I mean, there's, there's some people out there that, you know, um, I remember when the 98 list came out, there was people out there then, you know, I know I, I was only about 10 years old at the time, but I know there was people that argued about, about, you know, certain drivers being on the list in 98, you know, um, you know, er, Ernie Irvin was probably one of the more, I don't want to say more controversial, but he was one of the, the more interesting ones that they put on the list. You know, Ernie being on there was kind of like, I don't want to say taboo, but it was, it was kind of a little interesting when he made that list um, back in 98. But, you know, Ernie, now, if you look at Ernie's career now, you're like, wow, it is kind of cool that they put him on there because of, you know, just the injuries and, and some of the stuff he had to overcome in order to go out. And then, you you know, after he got severely hurt in 98, was that 98? It might have been earlier. It might have been 94. I think it was 94 or 95 he got hurt in Michigan. Because Dale Jarrett drove that car, I want to say '95. Um, but when Ernie came back in '96 and won those races, uh, that was, or was it? Was it '95? He came back and won. Maybe it was '95. He came back and won when he was driving the '88 car. I think it was. Um, you know, you know, but Ernie coming out, you know, coming back from that injury, winning, and just seeing him, you know, just just kind of flash you back to what Ernie Irvin was when he was thrown into a spotlight of replacing Davey Allison. I mean, that was a crazy time in racing. I mean, I was far too young to know what really happened with Davey and all that at the time, but you know, to see Ernie in that 28 car and to see how, how much he meant to Robert Yates racing and how much he meant to that organization going through, you know, the loss of Davey and then, you know, Ernie getting hurt. And then them having Dale Jarrett in that car and Dale winning in that car and, and Ernie coming back and Ernie winning races. Um, just, you know, he, he'd been through a lot. And I, th- I thought that putting Ernie on the 50 greatest drivers list was not the worst thing that NASCAR did. Um, you know, but that was, that was kind of cool. The 75 list. I mean, there were some people that were like, why is Larry Phillips on this list? Larry Phillips should have been on the list for 50. If you ask me. Um, Larry's just that good of a short track driver. He's a grassroots guy. He is, you know, the, the perennial short track champion that, you know, if you, you could say whatever you want about it, 
but at the end of the day, Larry Phillips represents all the guys that have gone out there and competed on a weekly basis and, you know, maybe never got the recognition they deserved. And Larry Phillips got the recognition he deserved because he's, he's won, I think someone said like close to a thousand races in his career. And, you know, I think he's won five or 600 NASCAR races, you know, NASCAR sanctioned weekly race events. And, you know, he's a, multiple time national champion of the of the weekly racing series. The guy deserves to be on the list. Say what you want about it as far as, you know, oh, he didn't have a cup career or didn't have as good of a cup career as maybe, you know, some of the other drivers that are on the list, but who who cares about that? I mean, this guy this guy made some amazing accomplishments in the part of the sport that he was in. It's the same argument you would have with Mike Stefanik. Mike Stefanik makes this list because of the championships because of the race wins, all the things he's done in the modified racing series. I, I was, I was on board with Mike Stefanik being on there too. I thought, I thought, you know, I was putting Mike Stefanik on the list, whether NASCAR was or not, you know, cause I thought he deserved it. I thought he's a multiple time modified champion, uh, multiple time race winner. I mean, I, I know we're not electing people into this list because of moments, but his moment at the battle of the beach, where he's fired up doing that TV interview at speed is probably one of the more iconic Mike Stefanik moments that you'll ever see that man have. Um, but he is just an absolute legend in the modified world. And, you know, unfortunately he, he tragically passed away, but you know, Mike is just one of those guys that you, you have to have on your 75 list. There was one driver from the modified ranks. I was kind of surprised didn't make the list. And that was Ted Christopher. I really thought Ted Christopher was going to make the list, but I understand you then have to take a NASCAR driver off. I mean, a cup guy off that list. And who do you take off that list? So I get that a lot. Uh, There's a couple people that said something about why isn't Jack Sprague on here? You know, Ron Hornaday made it. Hornaday, I think had more wins than Sprague, which is why he made the list. And maybe Jack Sprague didn't. I know that I think they were both three-time champions, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I don't have a problem with Ron Hornaday being on the list. Um, I would have had no problem with Jack Sprague being on the list. But again, the problem is, is you can only add 25 names to this list. And, you know, when NASCAR goes and adds Larry Phillips and they add Mike Stefanik, it's going to cut down on a guy like a, a Jack Sprague, a Mike Skinner, some of these other drivers that, you know, you can make the argument should be on the list, but you know, are they greater than a Mike Stefanik or a Ron Hornaday? And the, and, and my answer is no, they're not. So that is that, but it was kind of cool to see all the drivers there that were able to make it. I know there was a lot of people that were trying to figure out why like Mark Martin wasn't there and this one wasn't there and that one wasn't there, but you know, Mark beats the own, I I will say this, Mark Martin beats his own drum. He doesn't listen to a schedule and he does what he wants to do. So, um, and he's retired. He can do whatever the hell he wants. So uh, we'll talk more about this on the other side of this break here on the crew cheese corner podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Bobby here from the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. Just want to let you guys know that you can go check out all the latest race news, race recaps, entry lists, point standings, whatever you guys are looking for. It's all on our website, thecrewchief.net. Check it out. We update it as often as we can. We have, like I said, entry list on there. There's race recaps. There's uh, point standings. You want to find out what, what sponsor your favorite driver has this weekend. 
All the latest news and information is right there on thecrewchief.net. Um, it is your portal to the world of NASCAR news, and uh, be sure to check it out. Once again, that's crewchief.net. You can even listen to the Crew Chiefs Corner podcast right on the website. Check it out, guys. All right, guys, we are back here on the Crew Chiefs Corner podcast. This is Bobby Bailey. We are now going to go over the cup race on Sunday at Darlington. Um, boy, what a race we have to talk about. There's, there's so much going on on Sunday. Um, you know, the cup series was, uh, pretty exciting for the end of the race. The beginning of the race was maybe not as exciting, but you know, you have those things happen when, um, when, um, you know, with this next gen car, I, I, I hate to beat on the car as much as I have this year, but I do think that this next gen car has been a problem for most of the last, most of the last few races has been, it's been the car. I, I, I don't, I can't really say it was anything other than that, but you know, overall, um, a decent finish, you know, I thought the race had some ups and downs. Martin Truex Jr. had the car to beat, honestly. I mean, you know, I think you look at Truex during the year and you say, wow, you know, Martin Truex Jr.'s got the car to beat. He's got the car to beat. He's got the car to beat. And, you know, um, the, the the strategy, I think, got away from him a little bit there towards the end of the race. And it's kind of what put him towards the back. But the Ross Chastain, I don't give a fuck to her, is still continuing. And, and Ross, <laughs> you know, they get those late race restarts. And Chastain you know, goes into the corner and is trying to pin Larson up against the wall. And um, it, it basically backfires and puts Chastain in a spot where he he's in the wall too. And then he gets pushed all the way through turns one and, and most of two and gets shoved off and, and is, is done for the day. Cause I think that tote, the toe link in the rear of that car was bent and um, you know, and that, and then Larson's day was done too. So, those guys are going to have to figure out that beef and figure it out fast. I really don't know what else to say about it, but, you know, Chastain, um, like I said, the I don't give a fuck tour is, is still continuing and, and it's going to continue, I think, for the next the next while. I mean, Ross is a very uh, aggressive driver. He always has been, always will be. You know, I think um, even if you go back to his Xfinity days, I mean, Ross was always um, – <sighs> Yeah, was always a little bit aggressive, you know, even in that four car for Johnny Davis, he was aggressive. And, and I've said this before. I mean, there's guys that are just flat out aggressive that, you know, people know are aggressive. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've called them out before and I'll call them out again. Joey Gase is another one that tends to be a little bit aggressive, um, but there's other drivers as well. And, you know, say what you want about it. These guys in this series have to figure out that Ross Chastain is going to not care what you think of him and he's going to do what he's going to do. You know, the post-race scuffle after Kansas when him and, and Gregson get into it and, you know, they're fighting and, you know, Noah throw, you know, Noah, Noah should have thrown the first punch in that situation. I, I don't know what the hell Gregson was, was doing. Um, you know, Chastain goes up there and punches him and, and it makes Noah look bad because Noah didn't get a chance to, to, to punch back, which, I hate to say this, but you're not getting that opportunity. I mean, NASCAR, the NASCAR official is not giving you that opportunity to punch him back. So that's never going to be a thing. And, 
Noah should have known that going into that situation that he should have been the one to throw the fo- the first punch at Chastain. But, you know, Chastain doesn't care. He he doesn't care about what people think of him. He doesn't care how his competitors view him because, listen, at the end of the day, Ross Chastain looks at it and says, hey, I'm, I'm out here doing what I need to do to win races and, and compete. But at the end of the day, you're pissing off a lot of drivers. And, and I think Rick Hendrick had the best quote at the after winning with William Byron on Sunday. He goes out and says, he says, I don't care if he's a Chevrolet car or not. He says, you wreck my cars. My guys are going to wreck you back. I could care less about Chevrolet at this point in time. So, I mean, when he, when Rick Hendrick is saying stuff like that, I, if I'm, if I'm Justin Marks, I, I'm, I'm telling Ross Chastain to calm it down because we don't need our stuff wrecked. And I think the other thing that kind of goes along with this is if you back it up to Saturday, victory lane on Saturday is very interesting because you know who pits the 10 college car? It's the one team from Trackhouse Racing that pits the 10X Xfinity car for Cauley. So those guys are not in victory lane because they're boycotting it because of Kyle Larson. Because they they're not they're not happy with Larson, the way he's treated Chastain. And Chastain's team doesn't really like Larson anyhow. So the feeling's mutual now. Chastain so the next element of this is they put up the die cast, right? for Kyle Larson's race win at Darlington. And there's a lot of fans that want to buy this diecast because it's, you know, Kyle Larson and, and Larson's got a pretty big fan base. You know, he's, he always has had a pretty big fan base and they're a loyal fan base. So Lionel goes out and offers this diecast. And then all of a sudden due to quote unquote licensing issues, which I think I know what the licensing issue is. It's Matt Colleague. Say what you want, but it's Matt Colleague, a hundred percent why this diecast didn't get made. And I think it has something to do with the Larson and Chastain beef. And I know that colleagues should have nothing to do with it, but I think it has something to do with this beef with Chastain. It has something, it has to have something to do with it. And, and, and I don't understand why Matt colleague is getting involved because Chastain doesn't drive for him in Xfinity anymore. This is not a situation where, Oh my God, Ross Chastain drives for me in Xfinity. Chastain drives for DGM racing, which does not get stuff from Matt colleague. So I have zero clue why. Matt Colleague is not making this diecast. Now, I know from a historical standpoint that Colleague hasn't made a lot of race win diecast for their Xfinity cars. In, in, in fact, sorry for stumbling there. In fact, I have one of the few Colleague Racing approved diecasts that have ever been made. They made a Justin Haley one from Talladega a couple of years ago. And I have that diecast. It's one of the few they've ever made. And I'm talking period. I'm not saying that they, oh, you know, they make standard. They have made very, very few colleague racing diecasts, period. There's not a ton of them out there. And I don't know if it's because Matt Colleague doesn't like the leaf filter scheme out there or what the hell it is, but you don't see a lot of them out there. And they didn't even make a race win shirt for for Larson, and they've made race win shirts for other drivers. So it's very interesting to see what happens there. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, Hendrick gets the win. William Byron survives the carnage and picks up his third win of the 2023 season. A big victory for William, a big victory for the Hendrick Motorsports stable is win 296 on their career, on their way to 300, which they'll probably hit at some point this season. I don't know exactly where it's going to happen, but um, they're going to hit 300 this year. I mean, you you would expect Chase Elliott to get a win. 
I'm expecting Kyle Larson to win some more races and William Byron's probably going to get another win or two in this year, which driver gets it will be the most interesting thing. Um, ironically, the last time the Hendrick Motorsports won at Darlington was 2012. And the driver that won that race was Jimmy Johnson. And it was Hendrick's 200th organizational win at the cup series level all the way back in 2012. So since then it's been 11 years, right? Do the math. It's been 11 years. They have won 96 races at, I want to say, 26 tracks. And Darlington was the track that they have not won at since 2012. So a big a big win for William Byron. He led a grand whopping total of seven laps on Sunday on, on route to victory. Kevin Harvick finished a very distant second, um, you, you know, considering how many laps were left in the race with the green white checkered, but a second nonetheless for him, a great top 10 day for Harrison Burton, a big, a big, you know, step in the right direction for that organization and, and Wood Brothers racing. A lot of rumors swirling about Harrison Burton's future in that car. Um, we are getting closer and closer to the Josh Berry news. That's going to supposedly break Coca-Cola 600 weekend. If you had to, to put the proverbial gun to my head and ask me, Bobby, what is your prediction for Josh Berry 2024 cup? I'm saying he's taken over the four for Kevin Harvick and Bush light will be back as the primary sponsor. They will keep all the KHI sponsors on that car, meaning hunt brothers, pizza, um, you know, Bush light would be, would be the, the one that is a, uh, another KHI sponsor. You'll probably see, um, you know, mobile one will be the, the wild card in the mix, but you'll probably see some of the other KHI sponsors like Morton buildings and stuff like that return to that organization and sponsor Josh Berry. But if you had to put the, like I said, the proverbial gun to my head and ask me who's driving the four car next year, if my life depended on it, I would say that it's going to be Josh Berry and, um, we'll be hearing that announcement pretty soon. And, and that'd be a big score for Ford. That would be a huge score for Ford. It'd be a huge loss for Chevrolet, but it'd be a huge score for Ford uh, performance in that. And and it would be monumental for Stuart Haas because I think Josh Berry, albeit a guy that, you know, really up until the last four or five years, really, you know, was stuck driving late models, you know, driving for junior motorsports in the late model program and stuff like that. And I think Josh is, is, is a hot commodity right now because of his performance in the Xfinity series over the last couple of years. I know this year has been kind of a, a wonky year for him, but I think you look at his performance in the cup car this year, especially when he was driving the nine car, the 48 car. I don't know. He's just, hasn't been as good in the 48. And I just don't know if that's just because the 48 team had, you know, those couple of races of a suspension with Greg, you know, and Greg Ives was leading the team and stuff like that. I don't know if, if that really had something to do with it or not. But I just think that the 48 team is not as, as good as the, the nine car was. I think the nine is just a little tick better um, than the 48 car is right now. And I think that, that you're seeing that in the performance, even, even now, you know, Chase Elliott's been back. The team's been pretty good. Chase finished third on Sunday. Um, albeit a, a distant third as well. I mean, he was involved in a wreck, uh, one of the late wrecks in that, in that race, but, Overall, I thought um, I thought Darlington had a lot of excitement at the end. The the early earlier parts of the race didn't have as much excitement as as they have at some other tracks. But you know, I would say that that was a solid seven, seven and a half uh, on the scale of one to ten for a, a Darlington race. And I thought that um, 
you know, all things considered, it was, it was a pretty good one. And, and, and again, uh, you know, kudos to William Byron going out there and, and stealing one, you know, I mean, sometimes you luck into these wins. I mean, all you got to do is look back at his teammate, um, Alex Bowman. And what was it? 2020 went out there and won four times and, uh, or 2021 or something like that. 2019, he had a head that one year where he won four races and everyone was like, I think it was 19. I think it was 19 when Hamlin called him a hack and all that nonsense. But he goes out there and wins those races, and everyone's like, "Jesus Christ, this kid!" You know, like you know, Bowman's just getting lucky, and 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 that's kind of like the year William Byron's having this year. You know, he's lucked into a couple, um, especially this one at Darlington. So, you know, kudos to him. I mean, you know, he's got three wins on the season. It's one of the higher totals on the year so far. So, um, you know, him, Kyle Busch has won multiple races. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see who else joins the multiple win column this year, but. Um, you know, a lot of people thought Truex was going to get it and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, Truex had the car to beat. He had, you know, a pretty good strategy most of the race. He just didn't have the one to finish it off. So a tough one there for uh, Truex, but a big win for Willie B anyhow. So, um, that was kind of cool. The paint scheme he ran, he ran the Chrome Illusion car, um, or the Chrome Illusion car. I forgot exactly what they call it. I want to say it's Chrome Illusion. Um, that car ran in 1998 during the 50th anniversary um, which is, I'm sure, part of the reason why they picked that particular scheme to run this weekend. Um, this past weekend, I should say, at Darlington, it was a kind of a cool throwback. And uh, neat to see Exalta on the car. You know, they didn't put Raptor on there. They just left, you know, Exalta, the paint company, on there. So that was pretty cool. Um, William Byron got out with the big hat and had the big red hat that said Exalta on it. So that was kind of cool um, to see that in victory lane and, and see him celebrate and, and have the team there. And everybody was was pumped up, you know, to get three wins on the season. They only won two last year, so the, to get three this year, that was pretty big. I think that was his seventh career Cup Series win, too, if I'm not mistaken, for William Byron. So kudos to him. Um, you know, his fans, I'm sure, are ecstatic and uh, kind of sets our field for the um, the All-Star race in North Wilkesboro. So moving on to North Wilkesboro, obviously we have the all-star race there. First time NASCAR, NASCAR's Cup or Truck Series has been there since 1996. It's hard to believe it's been that long. It's been 27 years since NASCAR has rolled into the hills of Wilkes County, North Carolina, to run a race. Um, if you haven't seen it, the track is absolutely immaculate. It is what you would consider a resto mod. It is not fully brand new but it is also not fully historical in the sense of the word um the 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 whole team over at at speedway motorsports had done an immaculate job getting this place ready they have restored about as much as they physically could have with the track um they've taken they did take some of the buildings down and rebuild especially the suites on the front stretch um if you've seen photos of it they had tornado damage from years and years ago there's a tornado that ripped through that track and it, it destroyed some of the Tyson um, suites. It also destroyed some of the suites that sat on the front stretch as well. And they have uh, since gone and replaced all the suites that were dilapidated. They knocked them down and rebuilt them and they made them look like they were in the eighties. Um, they did an incredible job on them. Um, there was one that had the old Winston cup, um, sign on it um on the front stretch uh, suites they went and redid that and they just have now the nascar cup series on it 
Um, but they, you know, they redid it and made it look just like the Winston Cup style styling. And they have the red and the white and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. They um they didn't touch the mural on the I wanna say those were the the Tyson suites. They didn't touch the outer mural. They left it the way it was. They were allowed to leave it that way. And they weren't allowed to paint it. They were able to seal it, but they're not able to paint it. So um, it does say Winston Cup. It still says North Wilkesboro Speedway on the outside of it. Um, and that has been preserved to look the way it does uh, now. And hopefully it will last that way for a number of years to come. But they redid the Tyson Suites. They also knocked down the Winston Suites and rebuilt them. They look amazing. Um, they did knock it down to the block foundation. They redid the block foundation in parts, and they rebuilt the the top part of it. You know where the actual suites are, and they built a top observation deck area. Um, and they have some lighting up there and stuff, which is really cool. They have added safer barriers to the facility. It cost around two million dollars to do that. They also upgraded the lighting. They have permanent new must go LED lighting with up up lighting to show um, the condition on the racetrack, whether it's uh, green, yellow, or red. They do go other colors as well. I've seen blue as well. Um, and they are the lights very similar to what they have at Martinsville, where they can do the light show where the lights, you know, turn on and off and flicker and do all that stuff. So they, they did one a light show last night after the last race was over. And to touch on last night's late model races really quickly, we had uh, three races last night. The Tuesday night race, which was the ASA Stars Tour, um, got rained out to be the final race on last night's card. So they first ran the 75-lap pro late model. This is the series where they run 13, 14, 15-year-olds in. And um, Augie Grill won the race. Augie is a little bit up there in age, but Augie um, loves running pro late models, super late models. Um, I think he doesn't run a lot of late model stock stuff, but he does a lot of pro late models and super late model stuff. He is a two-time winner at the Snowball Derby, so Augie Grill picks up the win in the Harley-Davidson Crossroads 75, which was the first race of the evening. Uh, pretty dominant effort by Augie. Um, he, he did have a little bit of a challenge in that race, but... Um, you know, he he kind of drove away from everybody and kind of dominated that race towards the end. Um, and the challenger, ironically, was Corey Heim. So Corey Heim uh, from the Truck Series was there racing as well. So um, he had a lot of fun in that pro late model race as well. Then you move it to the Cars Tour late model stock series. That was the one that had the majority of the cup guys in it. Guys like Daniel Suarez, Brad Keselowski, um, Ross Chastain, um, Kevin Harvick was in it. Dale Earnhardt Jr. was in it. Um, trying to think if there was anybody else in there that, that would be name guys that you would recognize. Um, the race was pretty crazy early on lap 30. There was a big wreck. Um, one car got their body panels basically torn all off the passenger side of it. Um, if you haven't seen it go on, on flow racing, you'll be able to see, uh, on their, like their Twitter or something, you'll be able to see the wreck. It is absolutely spectacular. Um, all the drivers were okay in that wreck. So nothing serious happened there. Um, and then the race went green for a while. And then we had some late race cautions and some craziness. And at the end of the day, um, you know, it was, uh, 
Brendan Butterbean Queen that won the race. And uh, Brendan had the car to beat. And he had the best car. He was sat on the pole. He did dominate most of the race. He did lose the lead for a period for a period of time because of uh, pitch stops. And he, he stopped and other guys didn't. But overall, big win for Brendan Butterbean Queen. His biggest win, obviously, arguably, of his career, young career. He's he's going to be a name I think you're going to hear a lot more about. Uh, Butterbean is a pretty talented uh, young race car driver. And, uh, you know, that Lee Pulliam um, performance entry was uh, pretty sporty there last night at North Wilkesboro. Then you move to the ASA Stars National Tour. They raced last night 150 laps. That race kicked off around 10 o'clock. I did not watch it, but Bubba Pollard, who is a well-known super late model driver, goes out and wins that race. He kind of stole it, I guess you could say, towards the end. Um, I did see with like 54 laps to go, it was Chase Elliott and William Byron were in the lead. I want to say Bubba was third or fourth at that time, but uh, Bubba Pollard worked his way up through the field, got around William Byron. William Byron tried chasing him down the final two laps, but Bubba Pollard picked up the win. The ECMD 150 goes to Bubba Pollard over William Byron and Chase Elliott. So a couple cup guys in that race. Uh, Daniel Suarez was in that race as well. Some guys that were supposed to be in the race that withdrew were like Harrison Burton. Um, I believe Eric Jones withdrew from that race as well, along with, um, I want to say Chandler Smith also withdrew from that ASA race as well. So. Some big names didn't make it, but some guys that did make it had some pretty good nights, especially in the ASA with the super late model stuff. So pretty cool. 300 and I figured this out before. It was 325 laps of racing was done in about seven, about six and a half hours. They started the racing at 530. They ended the racing around midnight. So it was a pretty uh, pretty crazy little action-packed uh, block of about six and a half hours there. Um, the racing, I thought, was pretty good. Um, definitely tire wear is going to be something you're going to have to keep an eye out on, especially with the trucks, especially with the the um, the all-star open race. Um, you know, So we're going to have to see how that all plans out. Uh, for the truck series, I think it's going to be an exciting race. I do think we see a cup guy get, get in the victory lane, and I think the guy that's going to do it is going to be William Byron. I think William has the seat time at the track already um, to know a little bit about what the track's going to do as far as changes go. I think William Byron's just going to go out there and he's going to pick up KBM's 100th victory. And the All-Star Open, I, I really do think the All-Star Open is going to be a wild race. Um, but I think it's going to be extremely hard to beat. Um Ty Gibbs and uh, and Josh Berry. I think those are the two guys that make it out of there. The fan vote winner, pick your poison. <laughs> I think Corey LaJoy gets it. Um, so he'll advance as well. I do think um, the all-star race is, is going to be a wild one. Um, I do think a veteran is going to win just because of tire management. I think it's going to be one of those kind of weird, wacky races. I want to say Kevin Harvick is the guy I'm going to go with just because I think Harvick's got the right mix of veteran understanding of, of tire wear. And I also think that his laps in the cars tour race last night will help as well. I think Kevin Harvick prevails on Sunday evening, winning the all-star race. I just, I don't know. I have this gut feeling he's going to win, especially because it's a short track and the Fords are pretty good on short tracks this year. And I think, I think Harvick's going to be the man. It's, it's, 
I think it's going to be him or, or Logano. I think one of those two guys are going to win. It's just going to happen. So that's my prediction for the uh, NASCAR all-star race, the all-star open and the truck series all at North Wilkesboro kicking, um, you know, f- you know, capping off an incredible week of racing at North Wilkesboro. It is fantastic to see this facility back. I hope NASCAR realizes how good this is. And um, I know for sure we're going to be back next year. I just don't know if it's going to be the all-star race or, or a points paying race. Um, I do think NASCAR is going to be back for sure um, because SMI has a con- well, I shouldn't say SMI. Speedway Motorsports has a contract to put on a second major event in 2024. So at, at the very least, I think we're going to see the all-star race back, but I have a feeling NASCAR is going to put a points paying race back in North Wilkesboro. I wouldn't be so I would, I would love to see both happen, but I don't think that's realistically going to happen. I think we're going to get one or the other. I'm hoping we get the points race and um, the all-star race. Maybe, you know, I mean, I would love to see a points race and then see the, the all-star race there later in the season. You know, you, you move, you shuffle the dates around, or maybe you go there for the all-star race and then you give them a later points race, you know, um, that's a thought. And, and the track's not that far away from Charlotte. So, you know, that that's kind of like giving that the teams an extra week at home. So I think it's, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. So that's this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to the crew cheese corner podcast. Hopefully next week we'll have Alyssa back with us. And uh, we'll break down the all-star race. We'll break down the truck race at North Wilkesboro. I'll give you guys my thoughts on that. And we will then preview, believe it or not, the Coca-Cola 600, which will be coming up next weekend. It's hard to believe Memorial Day is like breathing down our neck already. So um, we'll go over that. We'll go over how the first half of this regular season has gone. Another thing that we could look at as well. Got a lot to talk about next week here on the Crew Cheese Corner Podcast. Thanks, guys, for all the support. I appreciate it. We had a lot of listens the last couple of weeks. I thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Um, you guys know I just do this for the fans. I don't do this for any money or anything like that. So thanks for all the support. Catch you guys next week. Check out the website, thecrewchief.net. I just updated it um, a couple nights ago, so hopefully you guys will find some kind of good information on there, and we'll see you guys Next week, be sure to tell your friends to listen to us wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Crew Chief's Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner, and on the Anchor app and anchor.fm. Thanks for listening.